0: Episode 150 of The Game Changers, pay yourself first. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, and each and every week we have a fascinating conversation with Jason Jennings. According to USA Today, he is one of the top speakers in the world. He's also a New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. Jason, it is
1: great to be with you. Today, uh, Dale, it is great to be back with you. I, I understand you've been a traveling man, and, and now you've got a tough one coming up, a little business trip to Hawaii.
0: Yeah, we're on the road, so if you see me in an airport, be sure and say hi. <laughs> um, now, speaking of travel, uh, I hear you have a
1: hotel story that may just top them all. <sighs> I do. And and I'm not going to dwell on it because we've got something very serious to talk about today. But I but I had to share this one with you. Uh, So last week I was in Florida uh, for a big, big speech. And uh, and we'll talk about this speech uh, in future episodes. It was absolutely a a tremendous company. And uh, so I so I get to the resort and uh, they bring me to my villa uh, out by the tennis courts. And villa is um, that's being very kind. I mean, it was a room out by the tennis courts. And uh, as I walked in, and and you know I, I... I always approach these things with very low expectations, so therefore you don't get disappointed very often. But I walked in, and within a few minutes, I I realized there were no coffee cups for the morning, there were no towels, there were no amenities, uh, three light bulbs were burned out, and I went to turn on the television, and the television didn't work. And so I I called downstairs, and I said, I got a couple little problems here. Uh, I do need some towels, I do need some amenities, and it'd be nice to get the light bulbs fixed, but I really need to have the television working. Uh, We'll send somebody down. So in the half hour, 45 minutes later, the knock at the door, and a nice young man is there, and he's got the light bulbs, and he fixes the lights. And uh, so he's bending on the floor. He's crouched down on the floor, reprogramming the remote. And I'm kind of standing up, watching over him in case I have to do this again. And all of a sudden, he went, oh, my God, and he jumps up. He almost knocked me over, and he said, you've got cockroaches in your room. Look. And I looked over, and there's a parade of cockroaches walking across the bedroom i mean and these were big big cockroaches two to three inches long and uh so i thought well uh, you're not laughing dale how come you not know
0: oh, I'm, I'm laughing i'm laughing kind of laughing and grossed out all at the same time
1: but. all right so now so now what i've got is this i've got a sold out resort uh, a, a completely sold out resort I know they have no rooms. I'm not going to talk to a desk clerk about it, so I I have to get a manager on duty. They're the only people. Always ask for the MOD if you want to get something done. Well, after about two and a half or three hours, I was never able to get a manager on duty uh, on the telephone. So finally, in utter desperation, I thought I would talk to anybody. And I was talking to whoever answered the customer care line. And I said, I've got these cockroaches in my room. She said, don't worry about it. She said, those aren't cockroaches. Those are just palmetto bugs. They're absolutely harmless. I said, are you sure? She said, yes. I said, are they going to bite me? She said, no, they're just palmetto bugs. So I thought, okay, I guess I'm going to be sleeping with palmetto bugs. So uh, I climb into bed. I'm just about to pull the duvet up. And all of a sudden, I have to set the alarm on my phone. And I thought, you know, I'm going to Google palmetto bugs and find out what they are. So I Google. you can do this, Google palmetto bugs. And you know what palmetto bugs are? Cockroaches. Cockroaches. (laughs) Cockroaches. It's just a nice name for cockroaches. Oh wow! So uh, so another first on the road. Now I will tell you this: uh, I got moved. I had a wonderful conversation with the general manager of the hotel, a oh, wonderful, and I think she really got it as a as a teaching moment for her department heads. And so I'm not going to mention the name of the resort. It's it's unnecessary, but it's a it's a very real story however we're going to talk about something more serious today if that's okay, absolutely yeah, so our our topic today is pay yourself first, yeah and and we maybe a hundred episodes ago I, I I think we did a vaguely similar podcast, but I think it was in a different vein, uh, but a couple of events have, have transpired in the past week, which precipitated my really wanting to talk about this, so one of them was at that resort where I ordered a car service uh, to bring me from the resort to the airport. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, so the the car the driver showed up at the appointed time uh, the next morning, and I got in the car. And I'm always kind of outgoing, shake hands, hi, how are you? And we're having a conversation. And I said, so how are you doing this weekend? And he said, uh, you know, not very good, not very good at all. And I said, uh, what's wrong? And the guy's about 67, 68 years of age. <clears throat> and I said, what's wrong? And uh, he said, you know, He said, I had finally gotten to the place where I had $2,000 in my savings account. And he said, my wife went out of town with a girlfriend and racked up all kinds of credit card bills. He said, I just yesterday had to empty my savings account of my $2,000 to pay off those credit card bills. And I said, that's, that's all you had in savings. And he said, that's it. And I said, well, how old are you? And he said, 67 or 68. I said, so you get Social Security, what do you get? He said, well, I get about $1,100 a month, but then I got to pay Medicare or whatever they take out of that. So I get about $900 a month. And I said, what else do you have? And he said, well, I, um, I don't have anything else. I mean, we rent and uh, um, I drive. I mean, whenever I can. I said, how long do you continue driving? And he said, for the rest of my life. And I thought, you know, um, I, I, I have not stopped thinking about this. This is uh, tra- tragic. Uh, it's sad. It's inexcusable. Uh, on the other hand, obviously, this man never exercised personal responsibility in his life. But can you imagine being 67 or 68 years of age and, I mean, not having any savings at all? I mean, what a tragic, horrible story. This man is in bondage. This man does not have any freedom whatsoever. What a horrible life to lead being an economic bondage mm, it's heartbreaking to think about <laughs> oh man uh, yeah it is mm. so now i fly to atlanta where i'm going to change planes and I decided I would only do this once or twice a year because I don't even like beer. But I thought I'm here for three hours. I want a big, tall, cold beer. And I remember there's a Gordon Biersch's uh, restaurant and uh, bar in the Atlanta airport. So I went in and I said, I'm not going to drink the whole thing, but give me one of those tall, ice cold beers and uh, uh, draft beers. And so I'm kind of slowly sipping it away, and there's a young man uh, standing across from me, and uh, he said, where are you headed? Uh, You know, the way every airport conversation starts, I said, San Francisco, where are you headed? And he said, I'm headed back to Florida. I said, well, I just came from Florida. I said, where have you been? He said, well, I kind of split my work between Arizona and, and Florida. And I said, what do you do? And he said, well, I've got two sales teams. I've got a sales team uh, in Arizona, and I've got a sales team in Florida. And he said, what we do is, he said, we're door-to-door salespeople. And he said, uh, in those states, if you've got a cracked windshield or a pocked windshield, uh, insurance will pay for the total, for for the complete repair." And he said, so the sales teams go out, knock on people's doors, and say, can we do a free inspection on your car? Because very often people have got marks or chips that they don't even know about. And he said, sometimes we'll find two or three cars in a family, and they've all got these things. And he said, then it's just a process of getting on the telephone with the insurance company and, and doing it. I said, well, how big are your sales teams? And he said, well, I've, I've got about a half dozen good ones uh, in, uh, in Arizona, a couple of hangers on. And he said, I've got a really good team of about seven or eight people uh, in Florida. And I said, so what can your, what can your people make? And uh, he said, you know, they get $50 each uh, for every one they find. And he said, I got a lot of guys that will do four, five, six, seven a day. So they could make, you know, $1,000, 1200 1500 a week. I said, well, if you've got uh, this team in Arizona doing this and you've got this team in Florida doing this, obviously you're getting a chunk and override and everything they do. I said, how much, uh, how much money do you make? And he said, uh, I do pretty well. He said last year was about $160,000, $170,000. Oh, and by the way, I've got to tell you, he's like 25 years old. And I'm thinking, I love this. I said, can I ask you the killer question? And he said, sure. And by this time, we're, we're good friends. It's amazing to me what people will tell relative strangers. I said, how much money have you saved? I said, it's one thing to earn it. It's another thing to save it. And he said, well, he said, let me tell you this. He said, in about two weeks, I'm going to have to find another financial institution. And I said, why is that? He said, because the federal government only insures up to $250,000 per account. He said, I'm going to be at $250,000 in the next several weeks. And I said, you're how old? And he said, well, I'm almost 26. Can you imagine the economic freedom? So I came home and I ran the calculators. If this guy just invests his money at 5%. He doesn't have to go for any jackpots. Just 5% in very conservative stocks and mutual funds and just lets it sit there for 40 years until he's 65. He's going to have almost $2 million. So it's like this guy's retirement is done if he wants it to be. And I said, do you know, I mean, what a lucky, fortunate. He said, I'm not lucky and I'm not fortunate. He said, <laughs> I did it myself. He said, I came from dirt poor and I promised I was never going to be dirt poor. So I, I, I was I was so overwhelmed by the juxtaposition of, 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 of these two stories of, of Andy and Michael. So I, I started running some numbers and doing a little bit of research uh, a couple of days ago. Do you know, according to USA Today and also as reported on MSNBC, That six out of 10 Americans, if they received an unexpected bill for $500, a dental emergency, uh, a car emergency or something, six out of 10 Americans would not be able to pay an unexpected $500 bill. And they would either have to put it on a credit card, not have the work done, or borrow it from family or friends. This is... uh, and then this led me to another number that I located on CNBC, and I, I, I always give attribution to where I got these numbers so other people can search them as well. Do you know the average account medium for all working age families in America? So the retirement account median for all working families in the United States is $5,000. Now, who in the hell is going to retire on $5,000? I mean, if you take out a 4% withdrawal every year, you're going to be able to take $200 out of your retirement account. And so I, I, I thought this is inexcusable. People have to take responsibility. I mean, if you think that the government is going to be there to take care of yourself, you're going to be whistling Dixie. And I mean, you're going to be stuck like Andy without a dollar to your name. And you're just going to be in economic bondage. And you've heard me say before that the only real freedom is economic freedom. Because when you have economic freedom, you can live where you want, wear what you want, send your kids to schools where you want, eat what you want, travel where you want, study what you want, do whatever you want when you have economic freedom. And so I really think it's the responsibility of everyone uh, to go to work very, very early in life and achieve economic freedom. And I remember back uh, to the early years when we were just starting out, uh, the very first year I opened retirement accounts and put the max in. And I remember there were years, I think I told you the story once before, there were a couple of years when I had tremendous need for cash for down payments and radio stations or uh, planned expansions, and I didn't have the money to fund the retirement accounts, I'd go to the bank and I'd take a short-term 90 or 120-day loan, I mean, to fund the retirement account. I, it's, it's just the most important thing that anyone will ever do. So I found some great information from Fidelity Investments. And, and here it is. It's uh, like five things. And by age 30, everyone should have the equivalent of your salary saved by age 30. By age 40, you should have three times your annual compensation saved. By age 50, you should have six times your annual compensation saved. By age 60, you should have eight times your annual salary or compensation saved. And by age 67, at minimum, you should have 10 times 10 times, uh, your annual compensation. So, um, so I, I thought those numbers were interesting and I'm, I'm just wondering how the people who are listening, I mean, are faring on those numbers because listen to this. So then I went back to the retirement calculator. Do you know that if you save 200 monthly for 40 years, you'll have $300,000. That's a hell of a lot better than having nothing. And you know what? There's nobody out there who couldn't on a Saturday or Sunday, spend two or three hours cleaning somebody's house, I mean, for $50. And at the end of 40 years, you'd have $300,000. And that's if not y-
0: taking into account compound interest. No, it's not. No,
1: it's, it's not. That's just the that's, raw that's lump, right. That's right. lump of money. If you save only $150 a week, uh, clean a house and detail a car, you'll have a million dollars. I mean, after 40 years, a million dollars, just at $150 a week. If you can save, let's say, $1,200 a month, I mean, you'll have $2 million at the end of 40 years. And if you can save $30,000 a year, uh, you'll save $5 million. You'll save $5 million. And so I, I, I guess the question is why, why, why don't people step to the pump and why aren't people sufficiently responsible? I mean, for, for their lives, uh, to make this happen. And, uh, so in the in the process, I came up with a few things that anybody can do, and it, it's it's my list, and it's largely borrowed from CNBC, Money Magazine, uh, Fidelity Investments. So I can't claim credit for all of these things, but I will tell you this: that this is the way that I've lived my life, and uh, and we have lived our life. So first of all, uh, so I'll, I'll share these steps with you. Here's how you do it. Here here's here's how you achieve economic freedom. First, you have to save six. Months of living expenses. Uh, my number for me, uh, because the type of business I was in and all the uncertainty early in my career, I tried to get to two years. Of, of money in the bank for living expenses as quickly as i was able but at minimum you should have six months of living expenses banked away and not invested long term i mean just i don't even care if it's sitting in a low interest and checking a savings account i had a bank and by the way i'm not a financial planner so you always have to check with your own financial planner but this these all seem to be generally accepted uh, principles for savings number two Start saving every other penny that you're able to in tax-deferred accounts. I mean, it is a wondrous thing to put money into an IRA or a SEP IRA or um, uh, any tax-deferred device. I mean, the money just sits there and the dividends grow and the interest grow and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And before you know it, there's a huge number. Number three, uh, go on a cash diet and uh, use a card. That requires you to pay it off monthly. I know that I dump every single thing in the house, every single thing in the business on American Express. And you know what I love about American Express? They want their money every single month. So you can go on a cash diet and either use cash or get a credit card that requires you to pay it off every month.
0: I was going to say, just to, uh, to bring clarity around that idea of a cash diet, you're talking about using cash only. Yes,
1: uh, using cash only or a credit card that requires you to pay it, pay off, it off every month.
0: Because there yeah. is something painful about handing over that $100 bill. Oh, there compared is to swiping a credit card. I mean, it's mental.
1: I uh, it is. It's real easy to get throw somebody your credit card. It's real hard to give them three crisp one hundred dollar bills. I mean, you really think twice. Number four, go to work, take responsibility, and save ten to fifteen percent of your income. Just anybody can do it. And then I love this one. This is what Jay Leno did. I don't know if you know this story. Uh, generate two incomes and live on one. And that's what I've done. I have never spent one penny in my book money. Never, never. It's always been saved. I, I live on the speeches I do and the consulting I do. But most people don't know this. Uh, when Jay Leno was the uh, host of The Tonight Show, he never spent one penny of that money, And just think how many millions and millions it was. He would book himself 50, 60, 80, 100 stand-up comedy gigs a year, generally commuting back and forth to Las Vegas after he did the show in the evening. And he, he always lived on his comedy gigs, never spent one penny of the tens of millions he earned on The Tonight Show. And he, he says today that he has still never touched that money. So if you could generate two incomes and save one, God, I mean, you're so much ahead of anybody else. Uh, Same thing with a husband and wife uh, or two people living together. I mean, live on one income, save the other. Number six, and this has been very important in my life, and there's not a day that goes by that I'm not grateful for this. Beware big boxes with red ribbons on them. Because people are going to come to you many times throughout your life, especially if they sense that you've got some money and they're going to have a deal for you. They're going to have a surefire way to make a lot of money and all they need to borrow for a very short period of time is this from you. And I learned very early on to say, I'm sorry. Every penny I have is spoken for. I mean, it's either spent on the family or it goes into retirement. It goes into my business. I'm just not able to help you with that. I can maybe help you with something else, but I can't help you with that. The fact that I learned how to say no early in my career, I think is one of the most decisive things that probably happened to me. And uh, number seven, and this is the one I think we talked about before. Have a spending limit in your house. I mean, you know, I... I am fortunate enough, I suppose to be kind of a wealthy guy, but I would no more think about going out and spending more than $200 without talking about it at home first. I mean, I wouldn't even consider it. So have a spending limit at home and just acknowledge between the two of you and the family, you know, we're not going to go out and buy a pair of Mephisto shoes for $800, I mean, without talking about it. So never spend money without talking about it. And then the eighth point I want to make is this. It's an amazing thing that happens. It's like everything else in life, Dale. It, I It truly becomes muscle memory. It just truly becomes... It truly becomes the way you live. I have never missed anything in my life. Never. I've never felt like I have missed one thing in my life by being frugal and wanting to achieve economic freedom. So, uh, you know, I keep going back to those tragic stories or that tragic story about the car driver, 67, 68 years of age. I mean, no money in the bank, he wasn't working me over for a big tip. I guess that's what the civics would say. I've got a good BS meter. He was telling the truth. And, uh, and sadly he was telling a very, very tragic truth. So don't let yourself be like Andy pay yourself first.
0: And with that i mean it's important to to take a moment to talk about the fact it's not too late to start if you find no. yourself in your thirties or forties and you don't have uh you know you, you I'm going back to the list where if you're thirty, you have the equivalent equivalent of your salary saved forty three times your salary by fifty six x uh if you're in that age range and you're not there. It doesn't mean you can't start.
1: No, you can start, and you can save. You can save even more. But I'll tell you one thing about the millennials. Uh, in my research this week, I learned two fascinating things. Uh, I, I wanted to know how much millennials save. Millennials are saving more money than any group of people in that age group that preceded them. So I think that is really, really neat. And then I Googled another one and, uh, and maybe I knew what, what the answer was going to be. Uh, cause you know, I love immigrants and I Googled how much do immigrants save? What, what would you guess it is?
0: Uh, so- I'm going to say it's, it's going to be in the 30 to 40%
1: range. It's high. I mean, it's high. They are the highest group of savers. They're the highest group of savers in America today. Immigrants. I mean, because they're saving for the American dream. They're saving for a down payment on that house. They're saving for money to send their kid to a private school. I mean, they're 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 saving money at very significant rates. And so, uh, hats off to immigrants, and uh, half off to millennials who are uh, who are saving a lot of money. So, but you're right. But you're right. You can start at any age. Just turn over a new leaf. Never end up like Andy, please. Absolutely. Thanks for that
0: lesson, that life lesson for us. We appreciate that. Any other final words for us?
1: Yeah. I um, Think big, act small. Uh, I am learning more and more companies that say Thing and, and you got to remember the original think big act small came out about 10 or 11 12 years ago and then we updated the book about four years ago with an update on all the companies in the book and it's available in paperback so if if you buy it on amazon.com or someplace make sure you buy it with the red banner across the top so you get the updated version and uh, it's amazing the number of people i talk to uh who, who suddenly are telling me that this book i mean has been their manual for the growth of their company or the growth of their firm. So so if you haven't listened to it uh, on audio, if you haven't read the book, uh, it'd be a good read for you. There's a lot of good stuff there.
0: Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much. We will sign you off. Thanks again for another great conversation this week. And you have a good one. We'll talk to you again next week. And I'll remind you quickly that Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today calls one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. You can find out how to book Jason for your next event or leadership conference by going to his website, jason-jennings.com. Click the contact button. Also, while you are out and about, would you do us a favor? And be sure to subscribe to this podcast at jason-jennings.com slash iTunes. While you're there, you can also go to jason-jennings.com slash Facebook and interact with Jason right there on Facebook. We would love to touch base with you. And with that, this is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Have a great week.